Podcast Network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! We're just hanging out now. She keeps on Hello. Hello, everyone. Welcome, After Buzzers, to American Crime After Show. We are covering episode six tonight. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and watch us live. We're streaming live right now um, to Twitter. It's on, we're also doing Twitter and YouTube. So um, follow us on Twitter. My name is Lindsay Douglas. I am one of your hosts. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Doug Ventures. Unfortunately, Mr. Nick is out again this week. He's feeling under the weather. Yes. But we still have the rest of our team back and we're ready to go. I'm back. I'm ready to go. I'm Erica Renee Davis. You can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Erica Renee D. Hey guys, I'm John Manganello, and you can find me at basically like all social media platforms <laughs> at Johnny Mangs. No H in my name. Oh, and follow me on Periscope too. We're all like becoming Periscopers. So. I can't wait to hear all. She's, of that. She was just explaining it to us. I feel like a dad. I'm like, what's Periscope? John's like, wait, wait. So how does it work? Like, I, I literally <laughs> sound like my dad when it comes to social media. I know I'll what is happening. We'll figure it out. Yes. Well, let's dive right into it. Um, let's just talk about the initial reaction of Barb and Russ to Carter's escape from house arrest. Mm-hmm. You know, as parents, they were rightfully so very mm-hmm. upset because they believe this is the person who committed the crime. You know, what were your thoughts on Barb's reaction? I mean, was there anything surprising? <laughs> no, I, I think Barb is pretty consistent with her, her. I was going to say underlying, but her blatant prejudices. But at the same token, I understand that the police and the um, detectives have basically influenced her to believe that Carter's the only plausible um, suspect. So right. when you think about it from that perspective, I understand why she feels and why she acts and reacts the way that she does. However, I think this episode was a quintessential example of how in this country you are guilty until proven innocent, you know, versus how we're taught in social studies and in AP history. On the contrary, until you can be proven innocently, innocent, unequivoc- unequivocally, you are guilty. And that's that's really sad. I think that we saw that a lot in this episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I totally agree. I mean, I think that it's interesting because at some point in the episode today, I was like, wait a minute. Who is who could it, who could it be besides Carter? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're not pointing any other fingers. Yeah. Right. And it's like, oh, well, yeah. Carter is so guilty. But I, but is he? Is I, exactly. I'm like I'm I'm am sifting through the evidence I have, and I don't even know how he's the the number one and the one and only I, suspect. I believe it's just pointing back to the race card. Yeah. I mean, that's just within the show. That's just what they keep pointing back to. You know, and I, between Barb, between Aubrey, you know, they're trying to let Aubrey go and point the fingers at her boyfriend, you know, and look what she is. She's white and mm-hmm. he's black. So I just, you have the, all the underlying tones there yeah. are yeah. 
Just go back to right back to race, the but racial to, tension. To answer your question, no, I'm not surprised at anything Barb does no. anymore. In fact, every time Barb comes on the screen, I'm like, uh oh, here he goes. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's her, fa- it's his favorite character. Every time I see her, I'm like, oh no, no. please, and there's please like, stop. There, there were more Barb's today. We, the, we saw some Barb supporters, right, little minion little, Barb's, little minion Barb's. We do. And Lindsay, going back to your point about the race card, I know that sometimes we become oversensitive um, about talking about race um especially this week particularly like when it comes to race in america and crime this one thing that is a constant in uh, i guess crimes or or prejudging or making assumptions based on no- nothing other than race mm-hmm. and as you said we did have some other barb supporters and you were saying oh who speaks like that when they talked about the um the son dating the asian girl and I was like, look, I'm from Georgia. You know, people yeah. speak like that. Like that, that is how people unfortunately still are. And I do, it's sometimes very difficult to talk about, but mm-hmm. I do like the fact that American crime has brought that to the forefront. Yeah. And we yeah. can talk about it on After Buzz and we can spark a conversation with you guys out there. So, yeah. I you love know, it. I did ask that, and this is opening up a, a much larger conversation, I think, but we were watching in that scene where Barb is talking to her friend about the Asian fiance. I, I was like, taken aback by it mm-hmm. because who t- I guess I mean literally who talks like that I know I'm not an idiot I know some people mm-hmm. are racist a lot of people are racist but I mean like who talks like that and to me what that means is like wh- what why what is she doing what is happening here why is she so prejudiced not yeah. just against black people but against um hispanic people against asians, asians now yeah. i mean literally yeah. no one is safe with barb and no except white is, people it yeah. sounds like i don't know if it's how she was brought up i mean we don't really know her backstory all that much yeah. maybe it was how she was brought up and she's just instead of being open-minded just stayed like closed off and closed-minded to all of those other types like to everyone else except for white people and i think i think what happens is when we stay in our own little tightly knit mm-hmm. circles it's easy to continue to perpetuate these stereotypes yeah, that, that we form so mm-hmm. if i only hang around you know people who grew up like me if you only hang around people who grew up like you mm-hmm. and so on and so forth right. it's very difficult to to form a broader perspective and to look at things from a a wider scope with yeah. a better lens and barb is just the classic example of staying within your own circle and not venturing out and becoming more educated on people who are not like you. That's a very good point. Yeah. I, I do like that one. Um, also, I want to talk about how Barb was on that morning show. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. That was... Uh. And, oh, my God, the moment when she says, my family isn't racist, my family yeah. doesn't judge. It's like, It was Barb, laughable. I was thinking we could edit all of her racist moments from this, you know, <laughs> the first six episodes together and and uh, and, pl- and play it for that audience. I wish we could do that. I wish yeah. um, the, the newscaster, the interviewer could see all the moments that we get to see. Even her being on the show, she just has such an anger mm-hmm. in saying everything. And it's just so, like, it was, I mean, obviously her, the, the comment were just laughable to me because they were just so opposite everything she has said, even mm-hmm. with her son. And I, and I thought that she would have some supporters from that, but then mm-hmm. I guess the other, the other, the husband of the other guy of the other Nancy's woman, husband. Nancy's husband yeah. mm-hmm. in the park was saying, "Have you seen what people are saying? The way that she talks about it. So maybe people are going to pick up that she is racist and that she doesn't." really believe everything that she was saying mm-hmm. on TV and in front of the press. And even yeah. the interviewer, um, I don't know if you guys caught 
out, out there caught on to this, but she insisted, well, your son is allegedly or was allegedly involved in drug activity, right. illegal activity. So I appreciate fair and balanced reporting from that reporter for, yeah, no, for I, asking the tough I, questions. Because, I agree. Because she didn't, she didn't have to ask that. She could have just acquiesced and gone along with the, oh, let me be sympathetic because you're a mother who lost her child. But right. no, she was like, look, look, woman, your child is very guilty too, perhaps. So. I like that. And I actually, what, what, um, Barb said in response to that, I actually agree with what, what does mm-hmm. him being yeah. a, a user or maybe a dealer of drugs matter? I agree. That yeah. should not be the reason someone is murdered. Yeah. However, so using Barb's logic, <laughs> she can't say that because Barb is judgmental over any little detail that maybe isn't a, you know, a good quality that, that someone might have. I'm mincing my words here. What I'm saying is Barb always is judging people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why is. isn't she opening her eyes up to what it looks like to other people when they find out her son who was murdered was a drug addict? Well, can I, I want to piggyback off of that. And again, I know we need to move off the race thing, but it's such a big point, a big part yeah, of this no, conversation. Absolutely is. Um, I like that Barb brought that up, saying that, you know, my son may have smoked a joint on the weekend, but this black guy, Carter, is a criminal. Mm-hmm. And I think, unfortunately, in society, you know, we we look at oftentimes the black person or the minority, whether you're black or Latino, particularly as a person who needs to be perfect. You know, you, you know, you can't be a black criminal who smokes a joint every now and the weekend and still be considered an upstanding citizen, but you can be a white middle class guy who smokes a joint on the weekend and not be the person who needs to be looked at as a criminal. Totally, so, that's yeah. a so, really good point. And, and again, guys, I'm not, I'm not making a, not trying to make a blanket statement, but Barb's, you know, Barb's pers- perspective on that, I think, is accurate on how a lot of people think and mm-hmm. view minorities in society. Unfortunately, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the fact of the matter is, white, black, Asian, whatever, all people do some things that are. Oh yeah, not great. I'll smoke a little bit of weed. No one's no (laughs) one's perfect. Why do we hold one group of people more responsible than another? Because we're all flawed. I saw something um, that I loved on the internet the other day, like uh, like on Twitter or something. Someone saying, um, "Don't judge other people." For, uh, don't judge other people for the sins they commit or the sins they choose. Like, because mm-hmm. basically we all have our sins. Yeah. If oh, that I, makes sense. Yeah. Oh my, it absolutely I'm butchering does. the quotation. No, no, it still sounded pretty great. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's so what's sad. We all and, mess up. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's sad. And that's why I, I know I just, as intense as the show is, I'm definitely a fan of it, you mm-hmm. know, just because I mean, these conversations, these conversations we keep having and like the things that are just, being opened up between us and, mm-hmm. you know, between viewers who can comment and, like, tell us how they feel. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just... It's... A lot of people kind of turn a blind eye, yeah. you know, and they don't want to... If if it's, like, offensive, they don't want to talk about it. You know, I find that just within, like, groups at work and groups like some friends, you know, people are kind of just, oh, we don't have to talk about that. Like, that's going on over there. You know, and it's like, well, it's kind of going on everywhere. Yeah. And this show is just opening that right up. It is. The quote was, don't judge other people because they choose to sin differently. Oh, yeah. Ooh, there we go. There we go. There, there go. it is. Yeah. But it's true. It's, I mean, it's very true. I yeah. like it. And you can't hold other people up uh, to a different standard um, because Barb is just as, <laughs> if is. not more messed yeah. up than many of these other characters. Let's move on to um, Tony. 
and yes. Alonzo. Oh, boy. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, on one hand, I look at the relationship between Tony and Alonzo. Alonzo or Alonzo? Alonzo. Alonzo. Yeah. I look at their relationship as uh, the typical father-son relationship when you have a 16-year-old going through adolescence and, mm-hmm. you know, how you don't trust your parents. You don't trust, you know, you don't trust any authority when you're that age. But, you know... On the other hand, I, I can't give Tony the, I can't keep giving him the benefit no. of the doubt. Yeah. And we saw him go from zero to 160 in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like I can read on his face, his conflict. He, he want, he wants to do the right thing, but he feels like the right thing is to take up for his sister. Mm-hmm. Then he feels like the right thing is to try to, you know, adhere by his father's wishes. So, but again, he's a 16 year old or whatever, 17 year old. So I understand how it is to be an adolescent, but I don't know, Tony, I, I'm, I'm getting ready to wash my hands yeah. of you. I feel like as a, when I was a teenager and I feel like as with Tony, you know, you make conscious decisions where mm-hmm. you kind of know, you know what? I know this is bad, but I'm still going to do it anyway. And <laughs> I feel like that's where Tony's going. He is just making, yeah. he's making conscious bad decisions. Yeah. And it's sad as a character to see that happen. I feel really silly because a couple of weeks ago I was like, oh, he's out. Uh, he's out of juvie. Maybe, maybe that's the end of his storyline. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, all the stuff no. happened tonight. Um, I think that he, yeah, needs to take responsibility for his own action at a certain point. But I will say, I, I understand the urge to act out, especially if your father is so um, controlling and mm. hovers so mm-hmm. hard about yeah. you. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, we can't just keep giving him the benefit of the doubt and saying, yeah, he's a kid. Because yeah, he's a kid, but he's also making destructive decisions. Yeah. Now, is his father controlling or is he just being, is he just or trying he to, to be the, well, I don't even think he's naive. I just, I wonder if he's just trying his best to be the, the, the best father that he can be. Yeah. I think I he mean, is. Cause don't we all look at our parents at that age as controlling? I mean, yeah. I, I don't, I think he's less controlling and more detached. Like he mm. doesn't understand how to communicate. He doesn't understand, you mm. know, how to uh, get on Tony's level. Yeah. And I think that's, that's one thing a lot of parents do. And a lot of parents in American crime have, you know, have failed at doing. Mm-hmm. They have failed to communicate with their children on a level um, on which that everyone can understand. And I think that Tony's dad needs to, I don't know, just think like a 16-year-old. Think about yeah, what you did when, when you were 16. Like, mm-hmm. I did some, I mean, I didn't do, I wasn't breaking laws when I, well, maybe, <laughs> maybe I did. But, <laughs> but I think my parents had a really good way of um, talking down to my level. And I, I think Tony's father's failing at that miserably. Right. What, I guess the reason I say controlling is because it seems like Alonzo wants his children to be not just stand-up citizens, mm-hmm. but to he he pushes against the stereotype, mm-hmm. and that feels like he's trying to mold them into these like superhumans. <laughs> and it's like that's not going to happen. I mean, everybody's yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I, when when the, when the when the race um, aspect comes into play, I think it it really the stakes are heightened even more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I mean, again, going back to Barb, I mean, we see that she perceives anyone who's not white upper middle class to be wrong. And so maybe Alonzo has that same fear that he's raising two Latino kids in Mm -hmm. the, you know, in the urban community. So he feels like, okay, maybe I am being controlling, but what else can I do to to ensure that they have the best life possible and protect them against Mm -hmm. the Barb's of the world? He's not, I mean, he's definitely being controlling to an extent, but they're still allowed to like, in the show, go off and do 
I mean, they're hanging out with their friends at night. It's not like they're grounded. No, that's a good point. You mm. know, it's it's almost like I do like the detached comment. Mm-hmm. I think that maybe he's trying to give them responsibility and trust them. You know, because he's trying to do the right thing and trying, and that's maybe why he even Tony said, you know, he keeps talking about the past and how things oh, yeah. used to be, because he just wants to have a good relationship with his children, mm-hmm. and he's failing at it, and he's seeing it fail, and that's probably very hard for him. He doesn't know how to work that and like make it better and make it how it used to be. You know, so I mean, they still have a lot of freedom for teenagers, yeah. especially <laughs> a teenager who just came out of who just came out of Ooh, like, true. Like, what, what hey, where doing? are you, son? It's a uh, it's midnight. Yeah, yeah. 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 You know? Maybe in in principle, he wants his son to behave a certain way, but in action, he doesn't know how to control mm. a child. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Um, yeah. yeah, so there's a lot at play there in that relationship. It's there a really is. messed up father-son and it now is. daughter relationship. It's, it is. Jenny's getting jumped. I know that I know. happened in the last episode, but she, you know, it, the, it's still ricocheting through these characters, the, the, um, the damage that oh, was done. And we have not seen the end of it either. Oh yeah. Just, he's gonna get really in trouble for that beat up. Especially because, Kids these days, do they film everything? Yeah, they they do, and that that's another good point. And I think this is a lesson that kids and adults alike can learn: quit doing stuff, whether it's illegal or a little bit risque, if you don't want anyone else to see it. Like my parents mm-hmm. used to teach us, don't ever write anything down that you don't want anyone else to read. Mm-hmm. Now is with in this age of technology, now is don't do anything that you don't want. Don't any, record it. Don't record it, <laughs> or you know, don't do anything that a surveillance camera could pick up that you would be embarrassed about. And yeah. of course, you know, you're not thinking about that. Tony is now going into his new i guess a persona of being a gang member if you will so he's not thinking that um that maturely right now but geez louise tony like the vid- the camera the phone is right there i mean take a sec take a take a pause yeah and i mean back yeah. away slowly he was so stoned and drunk though it's yeah, like, yeah that's true it's that's true. he didn't even see the camera he's like good point camera i don't know good point <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I, it's tough because I'm so hesitant to sound like the judgmental, like, mm-hmm. here I get to sit behind the AfterBuzz TV desk and just judge these people because, yeah, I've done stuff oh, yeah. that if I, if I had done them in the, in a different place in the, in a different time, I could have gotten in a lot of trouble. Oh, oh, yeah. And we're not talking like, super messed up stuff but you know like different things are more punishable depending on where you are who you are who sees it who you're who's with. filming exactly yeah. who's filming and that's where my frustration lies it's like okay that's fine i get you're a drug dealer or i get you're in love with a guy who's maybe not good for you or whatever but you everybody needs i think needs to take a second and check themselves because mm-hmm. everybody is messing up yeah. and nobody here is behaving well <laughs> and they're well. blaming it on other people yeah it's always someone else's fault with uh-huh. tony it's his dad's fault with Aubrey, it's her parents' her fault. Parents she doesn't want to be her yeah. normal. And with it's just, Barb, it's yeah, it's every everyone minority's else. It's fault. Everyone's <laughs> people need to, these characters need to take man up and take some responsibility. But that's you know what is funny that you say that because um, Aaliyah was in church yeah. saying, Ooh, "I need to yeah. take responsibility because I could have just gotten Carter like, a plate of mm-hmm, ribs and talked to him like a family member." And she she's she realized her mistake. You know, she wasn't listening to what he yeah, wanted and but, what he needed. And I think Aaliyah, too, is showing us um, a beautiful example of unconditional love. Because mm. when she found out that the um, the bill would be forfeited now that Carter's going back to jail, she could have reacted completely differently. A lot of family members want 
the family member who's the bad seed continually messes up, wash their hands of that person. Mm-hmm. And Aaliyah showed, I think, again, what what is beautiful, unconditional love. She was still trying to find a way yeah. to help Carter. Like and that. she was blaming herself. And she said, okay, I didn't listen to him when he wanted the ribs. And, and I think we can learn a lot from not just Aaliyah, but from people in life who yeah. are like that. You I know, right. she, Oh, I love that. She, she doesn't seem to be the the person who's judging. I mean, although she wants Carter to have a better life, she still is is imagining the light at the end of the tunnel. She's his family and she's standing by yeah. him. That's such a good point. I that's amazing. I think that's probably the best thing religion has done mm. in this show. Yeah. Um because I do believe that many of the religious characters including Aaliyah are totally hypocritical Mm -hmm. and exposing the hypocrisies of organized religion, not just Christianity. Um, And, uh, and I I think it's really interesting. It's a good conversation to be had. Absolutely. Um, It's, it's because it expands this conversation, expands this television show from just a show about race to a show Mm -hmm. about a lot more than race. Do you think that Aaliyah has been hypocritical or just maybe her church has in general? I think she has been hypocritical. Mm -hmm. I do because I think that, and I said this a couple weeks ago, I think that she is also judgmental and prejudiced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do because oh, yeah. with all the Aubrey comments, the yeah, white girl, yeah, exactly. I mean, and I'm not, again, I, I think Barb is the pinnacle of racist <laughs> and the pinnacle of prejudice <laughs> in the show. She has the crown in that one. She does. <laughs> she I does, think she wins. Sure. She's the queen of, um, that, but I also think that she is, uh, not the only one. I think yeah. everybody is guilty. Nobody's hands are clean here. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Yeah, that's Although very true. I really do like Mark. I think Mark is maybe yeah. the most level-headed character you know, right now. It does make me sad though with with him and Russ, their relationship. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. That one hurt me because you know Russ is trying and he's acknowledged yes. his mistakes again and again. He's like, I've made mistakes, but I'm trying, and yes. he is. He is trying, and it's just it's so sad that he has obviously hurt Mark so much in the past that Mark cannot look past it. Right, and you know, and it's interesting to watch how. Um, Alonzo and Tony are in therapy, but Russ is getting his therapy by making and fostering relationships with his coworker, like without the help of a professional, if mm-hmm. you will. Um, and I, I, I like, I like Russ. I like the fact that he's trying to turn yeah. over a new leaf at whatever 55, 60. I don't know. I'm throwing ages out there, but at however old he is, I like the fact that he's seeing, I can have a new lease on life. I can still be a father. I can still make right what I did wrong for 30 years before. Absolutely. And so. I, I like. I have a soft spot for I us too. I, I think we're supposed to him. pity him as a character and have like a like a <laughs> yeah, almost like a, oh, what? It's so sad. Yeah. Like because he's trying and he's so raw. And what if he's the murderer? You know? oh, no. <laughs> yeah. By the way, um, by the way, who is who the is the murderer? I know I said that earlier, but who know. is because but really wait, who? <laughs> I get that this show is more focused on the reverberations created from this crime than it is about the yeah. actual crime. That's but I want to know who the murderer. It's kind of the Me show too. is distracting us. We're kind of distracted by all these side stories, but we're we, not, we haven't really wait who. Who broke in? Who shot you? And I think it's for good reason. I mean, we have enough CSIs on the air for the rest of time. You know what I mean? We don't need the bow to be tied at the end of Mm -hmm. each episode. Well, and then this is what happened. (laughs) Or uh, Law and Orders or whatever. Um, But it is interesting because this is not a crime show. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a show about introspection and self-reflection and seeing, you know, yourself and other people and seeing yourself in yourself. Um, so yeah, I, I think like you said, John, Johnny, the, um, it's less important about us to know. It's less important for us to know who the actual killer is and more important for us to reflect on our own prejudices yeah. and our own stereotypes and how we function in the world with people who are not like us. I think this would be, would be a great, um, like required viewing for mm-hmm. high school sociology yeah. classes or so things like that. Because we watch, I remember in high school, Soch, we watched Crash. <laughs> and I talked about Crash yes. a couple weeks ago, but I think Crash is fine. There's some things about it I think are watered down. <laughs> a little, thea- little theatrical, a little I Hollywood. Still, I still haven't seen it. Haven't you should watch it. I just rewatched it the I other did. week because I've been making so many comparisons. Yeah. I really wanted to see it again. But okay, it, I think this show deals with race in just a more nuanced way. Mm-hmm. Whereas Crash, I'm gonna get hate for this because it won Best Picture and people love it. <laughs> but like Sandra Bullock's character will like walk into her kitchen and like there'll be a Mexican guy fixing her sink and she'll be like, "Get out of here, you Mexican!" And it's like, okay, yeah, I'm sure some people talk like that, but let's let's get down to yeah. like the more nuanced yeah. bits of racism yeah. and yeah, prejudice. Yeah. Like have her call her family, like, "Guess what, girl? This Mexican is fixing my sink." Exactly. Have a good day. <laughs> right, right, right. Two-faced. A little bit subtle. More yeah. subtle. Um, but I. I think there's a lot of sorry i'm just trying to readjust i think there's a lot of comparisons to be made so Absolutely. it's good view. everybody at home what do you think should, have you seen crash have you seen crash tweet us abtv american crime hashtag that hashtag abtv that's the official one all right i want to talk about um about aubrey now mm. and her uh, her coming off of her addiction her withdrawals mm-hmm. That that was hard to see, but it's also so real for addicts. And I, they've portrayed the way she's portrayed in the show. I think it's amazing and it's mm-hmm. real. And that's that's how addicts are. That's what families have to deal with. Yeah. You know, it's sad and it's scary. Yeah. I thought she was dead mm-hmm. in last last week's episode. I, I did too. We on a, I don't know about you guys, but yeah, I didn't think she was coming back. No. Uh, it was very, it's very raw and very disgusting. Again, I, I think we both have weak stars. I know we're looking like, at each other like mm. I'm like, all right, it's good. <laughs> uh, yeah, very, very raw. And I like the fact, again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not advocating drug abuse, but I like the fact that she is very reluctant about taking a deal that will clear her of any wrongdoing mm. and that will implicate Carter. Like, <laughs> I keep going back to love and that they love each other. And of course their connection is based on their unhealthy addiction (laughs) or their addiction of each other. What? Yeah. But people love for different reasons, you know, Mm -hmm. and going back to what you were saying about not being judgmental. Listen, I can't judge their drug addict love. I mean, I can, but it's kind of, it's kind of, kind of pretty. It's kind of, kind of, an ugly mess. It is. It is. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's, ugly. it's like, it's but, but, a, but a beautiful ugly mess at the same time. Because I, they love each they other. They love each other, but it's so sad and destructive. It's, <laughs> it's like watching someone that you love and you know in like a bad relationship. Right. It's almost like, like that. You're like, no, but you're hurting each other. Totally. They're not turning each other in though. I, Listen, I yeah. can no. I can respect that think, snitches that get stitches. No, I agree. <laughs> I think the loyalty is great. I also yeah. think like at a certain point, um, your girlfriend almost died under your watch, mm-hmm. by the way. Like That's you true. were in the car with her. I don't know. I mean, it's so difficult. It's it, it again goes back to this like 
no one is innocent here. Everyone's no. messing up. And you, I mean, you guys know we were just watching. And I was like, no, no, <laughs> stop it. Stop it. Just go home. Watch Netflix. I know. <laughs> Stay out of trouble. I know. They're all just, they all just are just taking it further and just digging themselves deeper. You know, we all need to, they all need to just, can everyone chill out and <laughs> stop blaming each other? And I just want go back to the responsibility thing, you know? Yeah. It's, it's sad. And I, I don't know what, I don't know what Aubrey's going to do. And I don't know how much of a role her family's going to play. That was such an, I thought that was an interesting interaction with her and her brother. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of cold. Like she really doesn't want anything to do with her family. <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to disagree. You think? I, I, I don't. I think it's less about her not wanting anything to do with her family and more about her just wanting someone to accept her as is. Now, whether that's her Carter or her family, like right now, her family is her family is, you know, obviously the bad guy collectively, mm-hmm. a collective bad guy. But as long as her family was aiding and abetting her, as long as they were giving her money and cars, it was like, oh, we're cool. I'm going to come stay at dad's house. You know, I'm going to come yeah. pretend that, you know, but now that they're saying get clean, now she doesn't like them. So I just think that she wants to be around anybody who's going to co-sign her foolishness. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that's the You're signs right. of an addict, though. Yeah. You know, it's just... <laughs> She just wants what she wants, and that's it. Yeah. And she has to go her way. She wants those drugs. She wants it. And yeah, just ask. She was even asking her father. She's like, <laughs> "Help me! Like, I need a hit. Like, whoa!" It's like, "I'll hit you, all right." Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. I wonder how much he knew before he gave her the money for the hotel yeah. and the rental. Oh, that's a good point. It's like, does he know it's going to go back? That like, because as a as a father, mm-hmm. what are you going to say? No. Get away from me. Go die on the streets. I, I know some parents that have done that. Mm. It's, I mean, they got to learn the hard way. Tough do they love. learn? Some, that, some do, some don't. You know, it's it's at the end of the day, you're just enabling them mm-hmm. and you're mm-hmm. allowing them. And they're just basically like sucking like life out of you and money out and of money. you. You know? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I've seen it go both ways. I've seen it go. Um, my, uh, my mom works with women in recovery who are addicts. And so mm-hmm. I've seen firsthand, you know, what it can do to you and what. Um, good, like how you can go and turn your life around, and how you can also really mess it up again and like um, relapse. So it's sad. It's like it's a hard thing to deal with, you know. And so yeah. that's why I think I have like such a heart for that character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, un- I understand. You know, I, I, I mean, I can imagine that it would be a really messy process. Mm-hmm. This show is making that very clear. Yeah. It is. Um, can we talk about Gwen? Yes, I was gonna. I want to talk about her next because wow. of. Um, that awkward interview and like why were her parents there yeah yes why were her parents why there? were her parents in the cop interview that shouldn't that doesn't that did not make sense to me and that whole that whole little hospital scene with her parents there and the interrogator or the detective is a perfect example of how messy our legal system can be like they were obviously influencing her to right. pick carter and of course this is very theatrical as television but i i i think that this is a an accurate depiction of how it really goes down. You know, the police want to pick a suspect. They want you to say this is a suspect and be done with it. And like you said, like her parents were in the room. Why? Like, why were they in the yeah. room? Like, why Why were they allowed why to be? Why were her parents able to see her at all before she was questioned? Yeah, that's exactly. John brought up a really good point. What, what, I don't, what well, were you they saying were all again? in the room together. They, they laid out like the six or so pictures in front of her and said, do you recognize any of these men? I could totally see her mom being like, it's it's that black guy. Like that, and you because were like, you, can, you even said you were like, why didn't over. her parents like 
say, hey, pick that guy? I don't, I mean, this is a, a genuine question. Like, I don't know maybe if this is something that is a loophole in the legal system, if this is common, if this is an accurate depiction. Like, does anyone at home know what's going on there? Because it seems to me that this is madness. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very unfair. I, I, th- yeah. I mean, I can't say that I know firsthand. Well, I can't say that I know firsthand. I can say that I, I've known people who have been interrogated, maybe at separate, maybe let's say two people, let's say you and I commit a crime yeah. and then you're gone, you know, you are taken into one interrogation room and I and the other. And they're going to say, Eric has, you know, has admitted to, I don't know, stabbing John. Whatever it's true, you know, and they're they're going to feed yeah. you with whatever exactly. they, you know with with whatever they need to feed you so with. They, they to, are allowed to do that. Well, feed? see, I, I don't I don't think they're legally supposed to do that, but it happens all the time. I yeah. mean, you guys out there, right. comment, tell us if you guys have more personal experiences with yeah. it. But yeah. I mean, I, I, I do want to know. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. This is not far fetched. I mean, they want this to be over and done with, and they have the pressure of Eve and Barb and Tom and Russ. Not so much Russ, but they have the pressure of the parents who want someone in prison for killing their child and for having Gwen be debilitated. So mm-hmm. I think when you have that kind of pressure, you're just like, shoot, let me do what I got to do to get this monkey off my back. Mm-hmm. I had a and feeling she wouldn't remember. Mm. You know? Yeah, I mean... Because oh, it's TV up. and she woke up from a coma. I know like it's common to suffer mm-hmm. from memory loss, so mm-hmm. that's not very surprising. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think it is. So... Um, Maybe it'll come back with time. I'm not yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, already she's able to be coherent in, yeah. in enough to to hold a small conversation, mm-hmm. and um, so that's sort of impressive to me. Yeah, that that actually was that she was re- able to remember. Well, it's sad up to three weeks before, before yeah, which was interesting, and she knew that. And, and then, yeah, we're gonna say Hector. Yeah, yeah I just Hector, know. I just knew. The smartest cookie on the block, folks. It yeah. seems like it. Like the smartest person in the show so far. Yeah. Besides yeah. running from the cops getting shot. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I'm not saying that he's, you know, innocent or he's doing great things, but he is aware in a way that some other characters aren't. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. he's thinking two moves ahead, like a he's game of chess smart. or something. Yeah. He's got those yeah. street smarts. He doesn't want to be deported. No. Yeah. And I, I wonder, too, if he if he's... um activating his street savvy in, in a way because he probably has nothing to lose. I mean, of course he doesn't want to get deported, but I mean, it wasn't like he was in school. Mm. It wasn't like he had a good job. You know, he was kind of just like a a thug, you know, just yeah. kind of just kind of roaming the streets, committing crimes or what they've shown us of Hector so far, I should say, it wasn't that he was the most upstanding citizen. So he was like, shoot, I'm going to play this game as long as I can and I can't play it as long as I want. What do I? He, he said it. He's like, I have nothing but time in here. Get my leg fixed. Get my face fixed. We can do this all day. I yeah. like Hector. <laughs> like he's he knows how to work it. <laughs> he does. So yeah, did he get? He must have got. Um, he must have got no extradition. Yeah, and uh, some sort of plea deal because the last we saw was he was taken out. Yeah, right. they're gonna take him to I guess paradise, gangsters paradise. Gangster's paradise. Wait, I'm confused. So he is going back? No, he's not going back to Mexico. So he's yeah. not getting extradited. Okay. I believe because he seemed happy at the end mm-hmm. and as he was being taken out. So he he must have worked out some sort of deal. Yeah. But he he has to go testify now, right? It, it, well, I think he against I think, Carter. I think they granted him immunity. So whatever okay. whatever he testifies, he won't. I guess receive any jail or prison time for it. Yeah. And it seems like he's gonna go to his witness protection. Yes. Program. That's right. So. That's, well, the, that's just the we inference make, we're making. Oh. I mean, I guess that's what's going to kind of leads us into predictions. Okay. Is, right? Like making. Yeah, let's do I it. guess 
Was he safe? Is he going to go into witness protection? Hmm. We don't know. I want the people at home to know when that happens, there are lights all around this room. Yeah. yeah. And there's a voice, and we're all like, ooh. What? That's why, so that's why we go like this. Yeah. <laughs> what? Is that? Hello? <laughs> but yeah. What do we think about Hector? What's going to happen? Hector's going to Ponderosa to eat steaks and shrimp and chill out until... Do you think he will get his witness protection? Oh, yeah. I, I think so. I think that's where he's headed now. Okay. I think that's Hector's deal. And I also think that Gwen, once she starts coming to, is going to continue to pretend that she's l- less aware than she actually is. Yeah. Really? I, Wait, I, so, why? Cause I, I th- I, the I think, flashbacks. Well the, well, the flashback, and remember that you know, she's a hoe. You know, her dad was like, she's a hoe. She's a slut. So I think once she starts remembering her infidelity and her, her drugs, mm. and I think that once she sees that her parents and everyone else around her needs her so badly to tell the story, to convict someone else, she's going to have a certain amount mm. of guilt yeah. that she's going to pretend that she doesn't know because she's guilty. I agree. Of being a hoe. I'm a druggie. I think we may see flashbacks, but she may not share mm-hmm. them and just pretend that she doesn't remember. That's what I think. That's a good one. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I still want to see this case become uh, public fodder. Like, mm-hmm. I want to yeah. hear what the public thinks. Yeah, you've been you've been saying that since the beginning. Well, I have because Nick brought it up originally, and I was like, oh yeah, that's interesting, and because. It, because that changes things. Because then it's no longer about the facts. Mm-hmm. Not that it's really about the facts right sure. now because everybody's running wild with their yeah, own Yeah, it's a different side. story. But I, I mean, that's why I'm so interested in reading about um, Ferguson and reading mm-hmm. about Michael Brown. Because people go... I was just going to use an expletive. People go freaking nuts mm-hmm. over this stuff. Yeah, they do. But, and and that's interesting to me because it says a lot about c- cultures. Yeah. Like, we can only say, oh, Barb's racist for so long. Mm-hmm. We know Barb's racist. We get it. But I want to know about the rest of white America, what they think about this crime. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm fascinated by this stuff. Yeah. And I think the country is. Yeah. It's on the tip of our tongue every single day. It, I mean, there's it, also a bandwagon, too. So, you know, I feel like a lot of people get on the bandwagon and be like, oh, yeah, like, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. True. I find that a lot. You you do, and I think with social media, it's it's easy to jump on the bandwagon yeah. and to to make uninformed tweets. <laughs> but you know, before you're actually reading, but there there's some stuff that is just black and white. You know, you talk about um, Mike Brown and Ferguson. We can even take it more current and talk about you know Walter Scott mm-hmm. in South Carolina. Like some stuff is just black and white. Some stuff is just wrong. You know, and that's that. Um, but I do like what you said about waiting to see how America and American crime mm-hmm. yeah. reacts and how social, how they, how they make social media relevant and to how they perceive mm-hmm. what we have been looking at, but from their perspective. I can't wait for that. I think I John, like that prediction. I think John Ridley has done a really good job of writing a, different perspectives. Mm-hmm. You have so many different people of different races and cultures and religions, but at what point do we have to open this up to a wider audience? I mean, maybe we don't do that. Maybe that doesn't happen in this show. But for, for a show to be called American Crime, this better be all-inclusive because that is a big title <laughs> that is, for a handful a lot, of people. That's a lot of title for, for a TV show. So, John, John, you need to come in the studio, John. Yeah. 
Like, really? Give us your thoughts. Yeah, I want to... I don't want to know. <laughs> really, John, what are you waiting for? I think that God. Aubrey will not testify against Carter. I agree. Oh, yeah, I agree I don't you. think she will. Yeah. Yeah. I think she's done. And I think Tony's going to get in more trouble. And hopefully Jenny doesn't get in more trouble. Please. Oh, it's not. But yeah, I think that's it for us tonight, folks. We covered a lot. We chatted a lot. Make sure to use our official hashtag for the show, which is ABTV American Crime. We want to hear from you. I love reading the comments, and I love hearing your perspectives. So my name is Lindsay Douglas. Be sure to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Doug Ventures. My name is Erica Renee Davis, and follow me on Instagram and on Twitter and on Periscope at Erica Renee D. Guys, my name is John Manganello, and you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Johnny Mangs. So long. <laughs> From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 